Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Radio. This is episode number 91 of NASCAR Radio, where trading cards and racing meet. I'm your pal, Val, and with me is the amazing Jason. Jason, how are you? As always, doing well. That is awesome. And then the man, the myth, the legend, PSA Hall of Famer, King NASCAR Logan, how are you? I am feeling bumpy and runny, and I didn't even take any Kaopectate. <laughs> 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 got a amazing show for everybody today uh we're gonna do the racing recap of xfinity and cup series we have uh some more tops f1 or i should say tops now f1 and we'll look at uh the archive of last the last set and then the current set that's available for sale nascar released the nominations for the class of 2023 uh so we'll recap some of those um nominees and maybe do some picks for who we think is going to be selected and then of course the cornerstone of the show the king's court with our different ebay auctions of interest so well let's jump into it first i'd like to thank our sponsor pinning america so let's get going to the race recap truck series they were off last week but uh they're racing in martinsville this week as the blue blue emu maximum pain relief 200 that is thursday so i know this show we're recording on wednesday so this drops on friday so that race would have already been completed but go race winner so thursday april 7th at 8 p.m night race stages at martinsville are lap 50 100 and 200 and practices Thursday. Qualifying is also on Thursday, 3 to 3.30, and then 3.30 for qualifying. Moving over to the Xfinity race. That was race number seven, and that was the 42nd annual Toyota Care 250. That was Saturday, April 2nd at Richmond Raceway. And this is going to be a uh, familiar, but uh, car 54, where are you? In victory lane, Ty Gibbs. All over, John Hernemichek to take the win. And our highest finishing rookie is Austin Hill at position 18. That was a, quite an interesting race. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall at the race uh, meeting or recap meeting on Monday morning at Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, Ty freaking Gibbs. He's the real deal. He is the real deal. He 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 bumped Nemechek and went right by and went underneath of him, and that was it was game over. And you could tell... Nemechek was not happy, but he played nice. <laughs> yeah, he he played he played nice. You know, he's he's running in the truck series. If folks not familiar, he was in the cup level. He came down to, um, to Camping World truck series, so he was kind of moonlighting a little bit in the Xfinity series. So you know, he was wanting that win definitely because he's not getting points in the Xfinity series. So he's running Joe Gibbs equipment. Ty Gibbs was wanting that win. That, I believe, is his third win already in the Xfinity Series. And I think what was said, that was race number seven. So uh, he is picking up where he left off last year. So, Yeah, we were worried about him after Daytona, but then forget <laughs> yeah. about it, man. He's killing them. He, he is absolutely just just putting them, you know, past them and, and killing them. He just, he's just he's on fire. Hey, yeah. real quick, before you – before we go, so you're holding up the card, the score, the green parallel, and I actually just looked up 
some of his stuff on eBay just to kind of see some completed and sold stuff uh, auctions. What do you guys think is his like card to get? Because we've talked about the optic for a while. Doesn't have the rookie card logo, but sells consistently for four or five bucks and for a semi base card slash insert. It's not too bad. I like, I like all the Chronicles that he's in in 2020. So what do you think is one card to get? I'd get the Spectra. Really? Okay. <laughs> so, you know, what's so awesome about Chronicles is basically anything that you like. If you want shiny, we have Crusades and Phoenix. If you, if you like the, the base type look, there's the score. Mm-hmm. And then if you want the, I don't know what the thickness of that Spectra and those are like one uh, box, uh, so they're they're kind of tough. And you know, the, so he's in Spectra as well. So in the Crusades, there's autographs. In the Phoenix, there's autographs. Score autographs, no autographs in Spectra. And then he has autographs only in 2020 Panini Prism. So I think you know whatever you like, that's available for you in the Chronicles. Yeah, you know. Back when they had the Chronicles Blasters and I was going to all the Walmarts looking for them, and I bought every single one I could find, I was lucky enough to pull a gold Spectra Ty Gibbs out of a blaster box. So I'm holding on to that thing. It's uh, That's that's going to be a good card. When he goes to Cup, you know, watch out. Yeah, I know everybody is kind of speculating on him, and his stuff is not cheap, kind of. Of course, we've been listening to the show. You know, we were talking about him in in 2020, and and uh, of course last year. So, uh, some of his stuff might be a little pricey now, but he, he's just putting up the numbers. So I don't I don't know who can kind of compare with him in the Xfinity series, right? Because like Austin Cindric's moved up, and so you know he didn't have any competition really. I mean, when you think about it, he's got the right equipment, and he's got the drive. And with those two combinations, you're going to win races no matter what. I mean, if you've got got the drive and the will to get up there, push it hard, and want to win, and you have the car, he's got he's got it all right now. He he really has it all, and he's only 18 years old. Well, I don't, yeah, he well, 18, 19. But and what I like about him is you know he was putting pressure on Nemechek, but he didn't wreck him. Right. He didn't turn him out or anything like that. So he was, you know, very surgical in his, I guess, moving, moving of Joe Hunter Nemechek. So mm-hmm. very professional. You know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of Earnhardt esque, you know? Yeah. Very good point. And then the highest finishing rookie was Austin Hill. We've talked about him. He's another one who's kind of seems to be, you know, is the highest finishing rookie here for a few weeks now. He is. It's you know we talked about him last week. He's he's got that he's got Richard Childress equipment, and apparently they found something, and he's doing very very well. Plus he's 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 just a good driver overall. Yeah. So his rookies are in twenty twenty one. He's in Donruss. He has the two, the I want to say base kind of card number eighty one, and then the nineteen eighty eight retro card number one fifty six, and then all. Of the different parallels of each of those cards, there's probably about 10. He's in the Optic and the few versions, parallels of Optic, as well as signatures, Dunner's printing plates of those. He's also in the Zenith 
Chronicles in 2021 and Zenith Autographs, which is kind of surprising. I thought he would be in more of the Chronicles. He's really only in the Zenith of Chronicles. And then, of course, he has the 2021 Panini Prisms cards, different signing sessions, so no base in Prism. Moving on, the next race for Xfinity is race number eight, and that's at, again, Martinsville Speedway. That's Call 811 Before You Dig 250. And that's Friday, April 8th at 7.30 p.m. So we got some night races, and the stages in Martinsville are 60, 120, and 250. Practice is Thursday, 5.36, and qualifying is on Thursday, 6 to 7. Yeah, I've had neighbors that need to call 811 Before You Dig. They've done some crazy things, which we won't even get into right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably a whole show on some of that. So it has affected me drastically. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, some trivia: the first NASCAR race at Martinsville uh, was a modified division battle won by Fonty Flock on July fourth, nineteen forty-eight. The following year, NASCAR introduced the strictly stock division. That's kind of what we're calling the Cup Series now, which included a race at Martinsville on September 25th, 1949. Do you know who won that inaugural NASCAR race? So, uh, Hint, he is a past champion as well. Moving over to the Cup Series. That was race number seven. And that was the 67th annual Toyota Owners 400. That was Sunday, April 3rd at Richmond Raceway. Denny Hamlin gets the win. And our highest finishing rookie is Harrison Burton. Yeah, Denny did great. He he came from almost a lap down with new tires to pass William Byron. I mean, that just goes to show you how, how important it, at Richmond new tires are. Because when he got those tires, people were thinking, ah, he may not have enough time. But, you know, I, I was actually listening to that on the radio as I was getting ready to go ride my bike. I kept listening and the times kept going down and going down. He's going to, I said, he's going to pass him. And sure enough, I think with four to go, he passed William Byron and it took the win. You know, Kevin Harvick was on his heels there for a little bit, but he, he got some distance between him and Harvick because of lap traffic. But, uh, he put on a show. He sh he showed you how to do it because he took care he took care of his car, took care of his tires, and I, I think William Byron was out there just skating on on you know thin tires, and he just really didn't have anything for for Denny Hamlin. Yeah, they tried a different pit strategy, trying to make it to the end there without the tires, and I was listening to as as well, and uh, yeah, Den Denny was closing in. So if there's a few less laps. Uh, Byron might have been able to win that thing, but um, old Denny there, he that was, I think, win number 47 for him. So he yep. moves out of a tie, I think it was with Buck Baker now, to take possession of that spot. So so even though he doesn't have any championship, I know he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, because everybody, there's there are Hall of Famers who have not won championships, who have fewer wins than he's got. So he's definitely, he's definitely in at the Hall of Fame. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't know, um, Jason, if you want to look up some of his pricing on some of the stuff, I believe some of that stuff is probably way undervalued. But his rookies were in 2005, Press Pass and Press Pass signings. And then he's in uh, Top Prospects memorabilia. 
He's in his base cards are in Optima number 34 with a few parallels, a lot less parallels back in the day with like Beckett samples, the gold number to 100, and eBay preview numbered out of five. He's in the uh, press pass stealth in the no boundaries insert set. He also has base in 2005 press pass trackside card number 37 with the Beckett samples golden number to 100 eBay previews number to five the hot pass which I believe is an insert and then the hot pass national I'm gonna say parallel and then wheels American Thunder card number 89 with two three different parallels to Beckett samples eBay previews the to one and license to drive which is an insert set card number eight so not a lot of 2005 first cards for him so yeah i remember those ebay previews and things that they did you could bid on those and buy them they were exclusive from press pass on ebay and i never did bite into that and i kind of now wish i did yeah that would have been pretty cool even with the you know the beckett samples i don't know you know what happened to all those beckett magazines uh, maybe um, if we if we have if we go back on um, the show with with Eric, ask him about those eBay um, Beckett samples. Yeah, that was the good old days when they put samples in the magazines. You know, Tough Stuff did it. The, those are those are fun times because you could get all kinds of really cool stuff. Well, yeah, and even the the Becketts they had parallels essentially because they had a gold and a silver. And I, if I remember correctly, I think the silver was ninety percent of the run. And then the gold was 10%. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. I have a few Beckett samples. That, they're pretty cool. I, that's one of those things you can probably pick up, you know, just hunting for them and not probably pay a lot for them. It's crazy. Be, sorry. I was going to say, it's crazy because for my Josh Fogg stuff, I have zero and I can't even confirm that they exist. But I've picked up samples of other players for like a quarter because people just kind of throw them away and don't even think anything about or anything about them. But for me, it's like a grail card for my collection because I've never seen one and it's, we're going on 20 years now. I know like with NASCAR, I think they just have a sample on the back, you know, and they were kind of stuck to the page. I, I remember, you know, buying some of those Beckett's of course, not even looking or knowing that sample is in there, you know, when I get it home or, or look at it and then see the card. And I know I got a true X in there somewhere. So I think that's probably my best sample card, but yeah, I'll have to start looking out for those things. I I had really completely thought forgot about them, and that's why we're here, right? And that's why everybody's listening. Exactly. Give, give you some uh, different takes on stuff. Uh, so let's finish up with the tri- trivia, and then we'll jump back on Harrison Burton. So Red Byron, who was the in the class NASCAR class of 2018, he won driving uh, the car owned. And by fellow Hall of Famer Raymond Parks, who was class of 2017. Marksville has remained on the schedule ever since, making it the only track to host at least one Premier Series race every year of the series' existence. That's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. And I think the current win leader for all of the current drivers is Denny Hamlin, I think, with five. Yeah, so maybe he can go back-to-back. We'll see. Yeah, and I think what Richard Petty won 15 races there over his career, didn't he? I'd have to double check. I'm pretty sure that's correct. He won a lot. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say buttload. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, another trivia question. Martinsville Speedway founder 
H. Clay Earls. Uh, he wanted to honor race winners in a unique way. So in 1964, he commissioned the then nearby Ridgeway Clock Company to create a six-foot-tall clock as a trophy. Who won this race and the first grandfather clock? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mr. Cottage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Hosts are not eligible. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Back to Richmond. Our highest finishing rookie was Harrison Burton, who we've talked about a few times already with the 2012 total memorabilia card that he's on. He's to puppy. Yeah. Yeah, he's in total memorabilia. That's a Rising Stars, a card number RS-1, and there's a few different autograph versions of that with memorabilia. There's a silver to 125, gold to 99, hollow foil to 25, and melding to 5. But if you want this, as, I don't want to say his first card or his you know first Panini, it's 2017 Dunruss. He's in the Phenoms in the 2017 Select Signatures. And we've talked about how those were uh, not on the checklist, but were used for Panini points. Mm-hmm. And the he also has, so his first base card that was in 2017 Panini Absolute, card number 85, and there's a few versions of it with the silver to 299, blue to 199, red to 99, gold to 25, the four different printing plates, and then track side. Sorry, 2017 Panini Torque and there's track size signatures only in Torque with the few different versions of the autograph with unnumbered blue to 75, red to 49, green to 25, and checkerboard to 10. Nice. Yeah, he's um he's done pretty good so far. So yeah, he's running the Wood Brothers equipment and kind of not say took Matt Diametto's ride away from him, but uh, you know Wood Brothers decided to go. Go young, I guess you would say, with the new gen gen car. So, yeah, they're 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 basically a fourth Penske car. Uh, next race, race number eight. That's going to be at Martinsville Speedway. Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief Four Hundred, and that is Saturday, April 9th at seven thirty p.m. Stages for Martinsville are 80, 180, and four hundred. Practices on Friday, four thirty to five. Qualifying is Friday, five p.m. I heard that Johnny Bench is going to be there selling Blue Emu. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of folks, too, I guess, who pitched the Blue Emu. But coming back to our trivia about the who won the race, that first race in 1964, and and won that first grandfather clock, that was Fred Lorenzen. He won the first race in 1964. And the Martinsville grandfather clock remains one of the most coveted trophies in all of NASCAR. And Lorenzen's 1964 clock is one of the centerpieces of the NASCAR Hall of Fame exhibit honoring the Virginia track 75th anniversary. Little side note, I've seen that clock in real life. Yeah, and not at the Hall of Fame. Not at the Hall of Fame. I saw it at his house. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I knew you were cool. going to yeah, I heard that story before. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. That's back in the day when you can knock on somebody's door and they won't call the police on you. Yeah, I literally it was at the National, and he lives he lives in a suburb of Chicago. We'll just say that. And I had written him before. He said, "If you're ever up here, just come and knock on the door, and I'll let you go see all my stuff." And I'm like, 
okay, whatever. And then we were up there and I took Tyler with me. We went up there, knocked on the door. And sure enough, I told him who I was. He said, and he, he looked like he just woke up. I probably woke him up. But he said, go down here, go left and go down the basement and I'll, be, I'll meet you down there in a minute. And we went down there and there, there was this, all his trophies and everything in this pool room. I've got pictures. But uh, it was really it was really awesome to be in the presence of such greatness and, and able to talk to him. It was it was actually absolutely phenomenal. Fred Lorenzen was uh, was pretty good there. He's also, you know, like I said, he's in NASCAR Hall of Fame. So and everybody loves that grandfather clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you hear the drivers. It's in this when you first come in their house, you know, they're all uh, having it in there for you. So pretty cool trophy. I guess it's one of the ones like, you know, you can't split that up or or whatever. So I was like, all right, you want to win multiples like, like um, you know, Jimmy Johnson and those guys, like, put them in all the rooms in our house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, moving over to IndyCar, there was uh, no race last week, but the next race, race number three, and that's going to be April 10th at 1245 p.m. And that is the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach at Long Beach Street Circuit in Long Beach, California. Moving over to Formula One, they're getting ready to race again. That's going to be race number three for them, and that is Sunday, April 10th as well. But this is at 1 a.m., and that's the Heineken Australian Grand Prix at Melbourne Grand Prix Circuit. I'll probably be watching that one. Yeah, so we got a, we got racing the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So two on Sunday. So a good I'm, week. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that whoever is on the front row, one of those two cars is going to win. <laughs> for my one, yeah. yeah, yeah, that seems to be the, yeah. That's the only uh, the only thing I can say about you know F one is it seems for the most part you're pretty safe. Whoever's leading that first lap is <clears throat> you're a race winner. So, well, but I'm hoping this you know this season's gonna be a little different than what we saw last year. So, it it has been so far. Yeah, uh, and maybe we'll see if Lewis Hamilton and the Mercedes team have made any progress on their car too. This will be a good weekend to, to find that out as well. I was on Twitter a little bit today. I didn't know if I saw where is Hamilton on the pole. I wasn't. Uh, maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. But anyway, to your point, looking forward to to the race. So after they've been off for a few weeks, mm-hmm. um, let's see. Tops speaking of F one. We'll go over and let me share my screen. We had Tops that put out a few of the Tops. Now I think we had covered them. It was a week or two ago, but waiting on the print runs for them. Let's see what you guys think about this. So card number one, it had a print run of uh, 5,391. Card two, 1,758. Card three, 1,275. And then my pal Zhao, and uh, he is 3,412. And then... This one here was part of the pre-Road to 2022. So, so far we've had four. And then, let me see if I have it queued up. One more. And our current offerings, the first career poll for Sergio Perez. That's card number five. Card six takes the win after wheel-to-wheel battle. And then uh, most... Starts for one team card number seven. Card eight looks interesting with British drivers reach 10,000 F1 points. And then, if you noticed, 
the parallel of that, which I thought was amazing with the British flag behind it. Yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. that the way they did that. Yeah, so everybody's going to be chasing that parallel. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Hopefully they'll do that uh, with some of the other drivers as well. I think that'd be because of all the international drivers, you know, they could do that on a lot of the other cards. So very cool. So we'll see print runs are for these after the fact, uh, of course, like I said, we're recording on Wednesday. So uh, there's a few days left on these and um, there won't be any more until next week. So since it was a week between races. So next we were going to talk about the NASCAR Hall of Fame nominees for the class of 2023. Yeah, they they added four new nominees. Uh, what was it, yesterday or day before yesterday? I think it was, was it Monday? I, I lose track of, of time. I believe so, yeah. You, um, yeah, usually they, well, things have changed definitely, but yeah, usually when they're Daytona, they're supposed to, you know, get that list of, of new nominees the committee meets and decides on that. So yeah, I think it was, to your point, I think it was Monday, yesterday so so explain how this works being different than you know other sports and then i have a question sure i'm going to share the screen so we can see well what they started doing originally is they had five they had i think it was 25 uh, nominees and they would pick five people out of those nominees but they've since changed it because the nascar hall of fame is starting to fill up pretty quickly. And now what they're doing is they have, I think there's 15, I think, nominees. And what they do is they pick two from the modern era and then they pick a pioneer from, uh, you know, back back in the old school days and for a total of three inductees every year now. And of course we missed one year last year. Well, if you, if you want to call it last year, 2022, because of COVID and the pandemic. So now they're just doing three. Okay. Yeah. So I have two questions. Is it this in value probably explained this to me last year, but do they always pick the number that they've allotted? Cause like with baseball, you have to have a certain percentage. How is it for NASCAR? Since it's two and one, do they always pick two and one? Yes. Okay. They, they always pick, they'll never pick, they always pick the number, never pick less, never pick more. Okay. So basically, the committee got together and decided on these 15 drivers, uh, crew chiefs. So there's a modern era ballot, there's a pioneer ballot, and then there's a landmark award. Uh, so that committee, I can't, they're, I'll have to look. I haven't looked in a while, but the makeup of the committee, NASCAR has been really good about being transparent of who the members are for the, for these committees. And if you remember, we've talked about it before where in May before the 600 or the all-star race, the committee will get together in a room and debate on who the three uh, nominees will be turned into inductees. And then they basically have from May to January, and then they'll actually have the ceremony in January to install these members. And then, like I said, usually in Daytona, then they'll, they'll you know, repick 
the new group of nominees and then you know re- replace the three most of the time they're just replacing the three but sometimes some will drop off or come back on or whatever so i don't know if that answers your question but usually it, it's always the two and the other and the other one from the different eras and again this yeah. is something new because to logan's point they were nominating five but then you know after 10 11 years you have 50 to 55 right so they they knew they had you know to make up time since you know 75 years uh, and now they're kind of slowing it down okay and then question number two is does first ballot hall of famer mean the same for nascar as it does for some of the other sports i I don't because it's a different situation you know because a lot of these folks we can go through it or have either have passed you know and before the other five were you know a, a group of five and, and they were making up for all those different years so i mean you, usually you have the first time you know like jeff gordon and uh some of the other you know tony stewart i'm trying to think of folks who actually retired while the hall of fame has been been running kind of as opposed to you know the dale Earnhardt and and uh, junior johnson who you know were um like junior johnson had retired way before when for the hall opened so so let's so not to jump ahead but this is kind of going to so let's say somebody like matt kenseth who's on the ballot it let's just i don't know if it is his first time but let's just say that it is if he gets in on his first attempt does that mean anything to anybody besides him obviously because to me, as you know, the outsider, he's iffy. You know, so I I don't know that he gets in the first time, maybe second or third time. So that's where the question. Some of the older guys that you know, with the ballot situation, the way that it is, where they changed it, that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the guys like Ricky Rudd and Kenseth that are, you know, the newer that are kind of hitting it the first time, but they're still alive. Yeah, I don't know if there's any more weight to it. I know okay. that they'll talk – well, they used to, out of the five, they used to talk about, you know, who got the the most votes. Right. And then the second amount. And, and the, well, actually one year they kind of – somebody kind of spilled the beans where the, two people were tied, like for the last spot. Okay. And that kind of got out of the, out of the room, uh, you know, so the person who didn't get the tiebreaker – you kind of got thrown back in the pool, but, uh, but you know, Kansas is a, is a first time Carl Edwards. I believe this is his second time. Uh, Harry Gant. Logan, who are the other two? I think it was. See, we've got it? the new ones are Kenseth, AJ Foyt, uh, Tim Brewer and Sam Ard. Cause I think he had been on Sam Ard had Sam been, been on before. He got dropped off, but he's yeah. Back. So, right, and it's that's the same thing with Kurt Shimdon. He'd been on there, and he got dropped off. So, so is he back because they changed the system? He's back, be- I guess, because the committee put him back on. Okay, and, and he's and actually he's one of the ones where we talked about before in the whole list. And you wouldn't know this, but he's a four-time champion crew chief, and his driver was Dale Earnhardt Sr. So, of the seven that Earnhardt won. Kurt Chippenheim was was the, at the helm for four of those. So out of all the other drivers or and folks on this list, Matt Kenseth is a one championship. I think that's it. Harry Hyde's won one with Isaac, was it? Yeah, Bobby Isaac. Bobby Isaac in the in the yep. 
Yeah. The 71 car. Yeah. So those are the, those are kind of the three there that kind of stick out as having won championships. There's a few on the list that have, that are the 50 greatest drivers. That's another kind of a thing that after all the years I've been watching the nominations and the inductees, they're taking drivers stuff off the 50 greatest drivers. So uh, Neil Bonnet is one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. Harry Gant, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. Ricky Rudd, NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. And A.J. Foyt, one of NASCAR's 50 greatest drivers. And Herschel McGriff. So it's hard to, you know, it's hard to kind of pick who is going to, you know, be in. Uh, maybe, so like the Pioneer ballot, only one member gets in and that you know is a tough list so sam ard he's ex the xfinity series pioneer and two-time champion in the xfinity series and then when i was talking about championships i was talking about you know the cup level the highest level uh aj Foyt, he's won several nascar cup series races including the 1972 daytona 500 banjo matthews he built cars that won more than 250 NASCAR Cup Series races and three championships. So Benji Matthews is kind of one of those, um, you know, car builder engineer type that you don't really, you know, see on the track, but uh, behind the scenes. And Herschel McGriff, 1986 NASCAR West Series champion. And Ralph Moody, two-time NASCAR Cup Series owner champion as a mechanical genius of Holman and Moody. Yep. He's had a lot of great drivers drive for his team the home and moody team david pearson being one of those uh yeah and then uh our grandfather clock winner mm -hmm. yeah uh, fred lorenzen so so it's gonna be curious to see you know i think aj foyt maybe might be the top of my list for for that um you can probably go any way you know for any of those other guys so it that's a tough the pioneer ballot that's a tough one yep so uh where are your picks val let's go ahead and pick real quick so I think AJ Foyt for the Pioneer. When it comes to the Hall of Fame, I think uh, modern era ballot. I think it's going to be Kurt Shepton and Matt Kenseth. I think are the two for me. Well, we're very similar. I'm uh, I'm going with the Rooster. Ricky Rudd is one of my picks, and then I'm also going with Kurt Shelmerdine. Okay. Yeah, he's won four championships. You know, you, you've already got the car owner and the driver in there. So let's get the crew chief in there too. That's that's what I think needs to happen. I hope that the committee sees it that way as well. And, uh, before and before you do the pioneer, so Ricky Rudd, he's won twenty-three times in the NASCAR Cup Series, including the nineteen ninety-seven Bristol Brickyard four hundred. And like I said, one of NASCAR's fifty greatest drivers. And your pioneer about my pioneer. Yeah, I was kind of thinking AJ Foyt, but you know, I'm going to go with Banjo Matthews because you know, back in the day, Banjo built most of the cars for all the teams. He he, he at least built the chassis and all of that, and you know, the, the teams would would you know, hang the sheet metal on the cars. But he built a lot of cars. He had his own stock car you know parts business that traveled with the series. And he's a pioneer, so I'm going with Banjo Matthews. 
Yeah, no, that's a that's a good pick. Like I said, you know, 250 wins. He was one of those guys where maybe, you know, people inside of NASCAR definitely know he, who he is, but, you know, maybe your typical NASCAR fan would probably never heard of him unless you collect the 1989 winner circle set. That's true. Let's see. So, like with uh, Matt Kenseth, if you're looking for some of his rookie cards, he, he's actually in the 1991, was it Langberg Hot Stuff Art Artco set? Mm-hmm. Artco Stars. Yeah, it's card number one. It came in a little, what is it, 35 card uh, box with a you know full set. So that was 91. Or am I getting that confused with 92 Hot Shots? Maybe that's the second one. But then in 1999 is kind of when he's in all of the press pass, um, more traditional rookie cards with the base press pass, premium, VIP, stealth. A championship upper deck um, signatures and then in wheels and high gear. So a lot of 1999 cards for McKenzie. Yeah. I always like this card I've got right here. The Lycos sponsorship. I always liked the way that car looked. I like the sponsor, but of course Lycos is kind of like CompuServe and uh, all those other. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. I was trying to think of what that was because it sounded familiar. And then when you said Pompey Serve, I went to computers. Oh, I've totally forgot about that one. Yeah, how times have changed since wow. then. <laughs> think about that. That's been over 20 something years ago now. So <laughs> I wanted to ask you, Val, because you were talking about that card from 91 and then he jumps to 99. What's the distribution on that 91 card? Is that a regional thing or what is that? Because that's a, that's a big gap, you know, and then we always, and I'm kind of with you guys. We always say first card, but that's a big gap. Yeah, I think, and Logan probably can talk about it. So the, the early nineties was like wild, wild West there. You had all, you know, Max and Tracks and all these other companies. And so they started, people were trying to put sets out for all of these other series and so is this is that I think it was an Artco was that the 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 league Logan but it was so. kind of like a it was kind of like a modified so it wasn't Cup wasn't Xfinity or, or Bush back then uh, so it was one of these other uh, series and they were putting out their own sets kind of like you know like the the uh, World Outlaws type thing and it came in a clear snap you know the old snap type box and you know it was like a whole basically factory set and they were probably selling them at the tracks and stuff like that so. There, there were a lot of them out there. Uh, I think it's got a checkerboard pattern on it. It's pretty cool. I think it's just him in front of like his modified car, if I remember it right. Uh, so I've gotten um, – because in Charlotte, the drivers would come for Speed Street during the Coke 600 time. I got him to sign, I think, one or two of those. So, And to your point, you know, Jason, so it was when he was in kind of that lower level before moving up to the, the other series and, and moving up and, and – you know, premiering in, in 99, um, in all the major brands of cards. And then with Kurt Shepard nine, uh, we always talk about the 89 max set. There's, you know, that's a 200 and some card set as opposed to the 88 max was only, you know, hundred cards with the tracks and other stuff. So, but, um, Kurt Shepard nine's first card is in 1989 max card number 38. I'm hoping he, um, you know, maybe gets nominated to try to get his autograph. He's kind of tough from when I was taking, uh, I think it was a tour at Richard Children's Racing. I had asked somebody about him 
And he's like, well, you know, he had some really good investments hit. And so uh, he doesn't have to work anymore. So, and so he's not, I think around NASCAR much. No, he's, he's not. And he, you know, he, he tried his hand at running stock cars in the Xfinity series for a little while. And it just didn't pan out for him, but I guess that's where he spent some of his money. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great point. Right. So he kind of quit and decided he was gonna race himself, race for himself and create his, have his own team. And, um, you know, he had won four championships as a crew chief. So I guess, but you know how hard it is to try to be probably owner, crew chief and driver. Right. Yeah. So, but yeah, he, he, uh, kind of left and, uh, Larry Mack got in there. Yeah. So, but again, you know, win four championships. So that's kind of where he's always been on my radar. And I, I saw when he got on the list one year and then, um, when they were bringing in five and, and then he kind of dropped off it. So, but, uh, and then Ricky Rudd, Rooster, uh, he, he's in um, 88 Max, but he really doesn't have his own car. You can't really see him. He's, his car is, is on there. But uh, 1989 Max, again, uh, card number 26, and then card 158, I think, is one of his in victory lane in, in one of the recaps from 1988. So, And then also in the 89 Max, Crisco, uh, card number 11. Mm-hmm. And who uh, we talked about AJ Foyt. Uh, he's in the 1986 Sports Star Photographics, and there's actually two different poses in there. One is kind of a headshot, and the other one is him posing next to uh, Stock Car, and you can see actually part of the Daytona grandstands in the back. And there's a few different variations of those with and without the P.O. Box address on the back, and then also mentioning, and I don't know if you knew about this one, Logan, but referencing the Copenhagen Gilmore which is pretty cool. So it's got an extra, extra variation than the normal with or without address. So, mm-hmm. and then if you want like a more traditional, he's in 1990 max card number 14. And then also there's a glossy version of that in that little black tin box. So exciting to, um, to see who gets nominated again in May. I'll talk about it again when they release the list of voting members and um, let you guys know who gets selected for the Hall of Fame. Yep, can't wait. It's always one of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, same here. It's a good chance to get autographs at the Hall of Fame. Uh, a lot of the nominees will come, as well as previous actual um, members of the of the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, did I tell you about the time I was when we about uh, in Dave Marcus's? I was in his in his um, camp in his camper his mobile home and 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 aj aj foyt knocks on the door and comes in it's like wow <laughs> it was just it was incredible i'll have to tell you the whole story later Ed, we can get off on tangent on that one too yeah um i think the only thing left um oh I, we can get some updates dunross i think dunross is still slated for april 15th and then i think I saw I went out there kind of today where uh, I didn't check the all three of the big three, but I did see one of them has increased their price. I think it was the one twenty five a box from the one ten. It's going to go back down. Well, yeah, well, hopefully. Not like Prism WWE. Oh my goodness! Right, so <laughs> that was released. Uh, I was working and wasn't paying attention. Of course, I don't even know what um, it sold or what it was selling for. 
if you could get it. $850 so, a box. From sure. Panini, it was $850 a box. That's not first off the line, right? That's just the no. line. <clears throat> so, since you brought it up, first off the line, I don't know what it actually stopped at and where it sold out, but I saw it drop to like 15 something for first off the line. And then a couple hours later, it was sold out. So, I don't know what it officially stopped at, but just the regular hobby boxes are... 850 from Panini, which are now sold out also. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I tried to get a box this morning. I actually had one in my car. I kept clicking. It was busy, 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 busy. Then all of a sudden I said, I could get one. So I clicked, just got one in my cart, going to check out. Sorry. Somebody, some old lady came and knocked you over the head and stole your, <laughs> your box and you're out of luck. Some old lady off the top rope come clothesline you. She did. And, and plowed, it came plowed, over. Plowed, pile drived you and took your box. So, Jason, talk about one of the uh, gold cards from there that sold real quick. So, I hadn't done any research yet. Um, I kind of had looked a couple days before it hit and didn't see anything and then i kind of missed it but steel city collectibles posted um on their facebook page an andre the giant gold out of 50 and we're just talking the raw card because we haven't had time to get anything graded was sold for eight thousand dollars and that's bothersome <laughs> yes yeah because it's like that stuff's never going to come down and it hurts it really hurts there you go. Uh, it kind of, like we said before we started recording, it almost justifies, as horrible as that sounds, it almost justifies the 850 price because that's just a gold out of 50. What if it was a whatever out of 10 or 5 or, you know, something lower? Or somebody that's active, and I'm not trying to start the wrestling talk, but like somebody that's active that still has a chance to, add to the trophy case you know what i mean so, so uh, you know crazy when you're, when you're saying that i'm thinking okay so a box is eight eight fifty and mm -hmm. that's if my math is right that's less than 10 boxes well yeah and there's only 10 of those so 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 what what does that make my my spectra ty gibbs gold rookie at, out, out of 10 what, what does that make that eighty dollars $80, yeah, probably about right. Okay, so listen to this, and I this will be the last thing I say. I'm trying to find a sold box, and I'm seeing a bunch of breaks. Sold boxes look like they're about a 1000 on eBay, so not too much of an increase. There's a box break for somebody that has not technically wrestled a match for WWE yet. His name's Gable Stevenson, or Stevenson, whatever. His spot in a case break of 12 boxes sold for $1,200. I mean, wow. this is essentially prospecting for a scripted, you know, a scripted sport, however you want to say it. It's just, it's insane. You can wow. buy a, a, a Haley Deegan box break spot for a hundred and something dollars, probably. <laughs> oh, and these, they have the color blast and everything too. So wait till those start hitting. Oh, I saw a few of those on Twitter. Uh, they look, I think I saw the Goldberg and I can't remember who else, but you know, they, they looked, you know, amazing. 
So oh, I, it it um it, it just and my mind is like trying to process all this because you know Panini's got the license, but then they don't have the license. They so, have it temporarily, yeah. Yeah, and they've got the prism, and I know you know Tops has Chrome, and uh, it's just um, and this is just the first Panini. I mean, first prism of this. So let me share that, Jason. It's yeah. just, so basically um, what we're trying to say is NASCAR is the only affordable collectible left. Thank you, Jason. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Well, I guess if you, you know, have a mega rich, then I guess it's, yeah, but it's like, so, so, so this is John Cena. $500. Yeah. That's bids too. That's not. Yeah, that's sixty-two bids, and it's still got two days to go. We'll have, we'll have to pop back in there and see what this is. But you know, this is like F one money. This is, you know, right. how many NASCAR cards I can buy for that? Or how many Denny Denny Hamlin? You know, it, so. it really hurts me because I collected. I've collected wrestling for as right. long as I, I can yeah, remember. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and I remember, and we talked about somebody off air. But I remember in the early 2000s when Fleer was making it, and it, it was you could buy cards for pennies, you know, and it, it's the same thing we talk about with NASCAR. And now it's that 20 or 30 year cycle where it's finally starting to pick up. But it just, you, I can't hold something for 20 years, you know, you kind of lose that faith. But this is just pure insanity. I totally agree. This is just, it's crazy money. And, and it just amazes me where this money keeps coming from to, for people to spend this kind of money on brand right. new out of the box trading cards. But that I'm old school, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I'm an old guy. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> fart, yeah, I, that's, um, that's some like real money. So, but anyway, to, and I, that's one of the, you know, I love about NASCAR cause I can, you know, collect anyway. I, I want to choose. And I guess you know, you buy those cards, fake grand and other stuff. I mean, if you only have eight thousand to spend, you're you know you're done for the year, right, or whatever. So, unless you have this massive card budget, but I wish I did have a card budget like that. But yeah, but to Jason's point, that this this just goes to show you right now that NASCAR is affordable. NASCAR is is fun to collect. You can buy the people you like at a very reasonable price. Even Dale Earnhardt rookies. And Dale Hart Jr. rookies, Jeff Gordon rookies, all those things are very affordable and it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the high end NASCAR stuff is, is super looking super cheap compared to some of that, you know, yep. the vintage NASCAR compared to the, the, the new stuff. So, but hey, you know, whatever, whatever folks like. So, but all right. Probably need to move on. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. We're hitting uh, close to the hour mark here. So I guess right. we, uh, the last part. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. We got an update. Um, we'll just we'll do we'll save the update for next week because it's not a time thing. Okay. But since we're talking about money, let's talk about something free. So Ooh. this week, this is our giveaway. It's the PSA Magazine, April 2022 edition, which is near and dear to my heart because Bryce Harper's on the cover. Sorry, Logan. But <laughs> so is Logan. Our own Logan Ward is on the cover. Featured inside, and then since he was so kind as to mention our names in the article, so we're actually going to give this one away, and per Logan's idea, 
we're all going to sign it on this nice little picture that they have right there. So I'm going to sign it, and then we're going to pass it on to the next person and so on and so forth. So this one might take a little bit to get out to everybody, or not everybody, but whoever wins. But I just signed mine. So there's my lovely signature in blue Sharpie. So I will send this on to the next person, and then he will send it on to the next, and this will be our giveaway. Uh, it'll be posted this week, but like I said, it'll probably take a week or two to to get to you once the winner is chosen. So that is our giveaway for this week. That's going to be cool. And let, let's just pray for no black holes in the post office. Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Keep an eye on your mail carrier. And that is the first official autograph that I've ever given to anybody. So that's awesome. And I and I, and I heard you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. So I guess we have uh, King's Court. So I guess we gotta cue the music. All right. This week's King's Court, uh, we'll start out with our Joker. This is our different or odd card. This card is from, and we've talked about it, about it on past episodes, it's from the 2021 President's Choice card set, which is an unlicensed set, but to me it's really, really, really swell and groovy. I like it. it it's a 2021 President's Choice Nigel Mansell cut autograph one of one and it's sold for $179.99 buy it now so you know Nigel Mansell he's a past Formula One champion he's also uh, raced an IndyCar and I just think that was a neat card I can't tell is that on a check or no it's not on a check that may be on a check for all we know I can't tell but it's really neat it's a like I said it's an unlicensed product but uh, that autograph looks authentic to me. Maybe and from a contract a or something? Huh? Maybe it's from a contract. Maybe from a contract. So it's got, uh, you see where it's got the line uh, with his name on it, but then if you look right before the cut box, there's some wording like it's, um, there's like a, some part of a sentence. So, but anyway. On behalf of Sports Kings. Well, and I don't know if anybody knows, but the person that does president's choice is the same person that used to do in the game. So it's a reputable oh, yeah. brand, yes. although not mainstream. Right. And there's your one-on-one. So yeah, I thought that was neat. It's yeah. just it's different. Yeah, totally different. Yep. All right. I guess our next one is going to be our Jack, which is our young driver. It's a 2012 press pass fanfare autographs, a red one. Of Ross Chastain, it's a short print. It's number seventy of seventy-five, and it's sold also for a buy it now price of two hundred and ninety-nine dollars and ninety-five cents. You know, of course, he just won his first race, so he's kind of a hot commodity right now. And he did good in Richmond. He was running up front for a while, so I think he may he may win another race. But I thought that was a neat card. Uh, I like the way that looks. Uh, I have a, just a regular. Ross Chastain card, but it looks very similar to that, except it's in gold. But yeah, you just don't see much of that fanfare, do you, Val? No, sir. 
Uh, Ross Chastain, those, those are, um, I don't say they're tough, but you don't see a lot of them, you know, like you see some of the other guys. So I think I got one somewhere too. I don't think it's the the red version, but that's pretty impressive for uh, that. It is. So that's a pretty neat card. I like that. Yep. All right. So moving on, our queen of the week, our female driver. And Jason, and I think it was Jason or and or me. huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Jason or Val, somebody sent this to me and and I found it, of course, as I was going through all the eBay listings. But it's a 2019 Good, Goodwin Champions Haley Deegan uh, rookie card autograph. It's it's uh, hand numbered and it's got an inscription. It says next class. So that's that's also a really groovy, cool card. It went for uh, $585.99 with 48 bids. And this was on the 5th. Which yeah, that, that's pretty tough. cool. So I like that card. I like inscriptions anyway. Yeah, we were, you know, we were talking about last week about, uh, you know, like AJ with the dinger and stuff like that. So, yeah, to have a uh, Haley Deegan, and that's a, um, that's a long autograph for her. She's shortened it up since then. Yeah, considerably. That's that's probably her uh, more original autograph, if you want to call it that. Yep. All right. All right. So next, our King of the Week male driver. This was on April 2nd. Dale Earnhardt uh, Sr. autograph. It's out of 2,000 press pass signings. It's a gold autograph out of 100. It went for $450. Buy it now. It's a pretty nice autograph. Uh, it's a little streaky, but... You know, it is gold, and he used that gold pen. But it's a very pretty card. It's a nice-looking card. Um, you know, I, I think $450 really, honestly, is probably a little low for that card since it's out of 100 Yeah, number 25 of 100 there. So, you know, I would think it's probably – that would probably sell for maybe seven, dollars $800, you know, somewhere in there, I think. So whoever got that, I think, got a great deal. Uh, if I had seen that, I might have thought about buying it. Yeah, that's that's a nice image. That's a nice autograph. You can see, I mean, that's a, the classic, you know, late 90s autograph for him. As yeah, opposed to, um, you know, like early 80s type stuff where there's a couple of different very different versions. But, yeah, that's nice where he uh, brings that 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 loop back around to whatever underneath the underneath the last name so anyway yeah and you got to think this is about a year probably about a year before he passed away so it's one of his last you know on card manufacturer type autograph cards so there you know there wasn't a whole lot of those you know done before he passed away and that's classic Earnhardt image it is with those sunglasses and the hat it's, it is that's a great, that's a great shot. I love that card. All right. So let's move on. Our ace of the week, which is our one of one. This comes from the Formula One. This was on the third. It's a 2020 Topps Dynasty Formula One auto patch of Christian Horner. Now, I don't know how many people know who he is, but it is a one of one. He's the Red Bull team principal. And think about this for a second. This is a one of one. It's sold for four thousand 
$437.76 with 27 bids. Do you have that image, Val? I'm getting it up. I must have clicked and then um, took out um, stuff I had cash. So give me one right. second. Yep. Scooby-Doo would say. That's what I get for clicking. Yeah, but I thought that was quite impressive for a team principal to garner that much money. That just goes to show you again the the money and the collectability of Formula One cars these days. Even somebody that's a, just a team principal can garner that much money for a card. You know, granted, it is a one of one. Yeah, it's uh, you know twenty seven bids, so it's no buy it now, and um, it's got some nice. Uh, Got the red and Red Bull in it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a sweet card. And it's from Dynasty. Yep. Yeah. All right. So that, like I said, that was a heck of a sale for that one. All right. So again, our Royal Flush card of the week, which is our highest price card, was from March thirty first. It's from Formula One, but it's not what you think. <laughs> it's from, and this again, this is just amazing. The holy hell out of me. This is a 1966 Panini Jim Clark rookie. Now, granted, it is a Jim Mint 10, which is a pop one. But they had, I think, $55,000 on it uh, was what they were looking to get. But it went for a best offer accepted price of $21,500 for that sticker. Wow. Yes. That is absolutely amazing. If I only had a crystal ball and could go back two years, I could have picked these things up for little of nothing. And now look where all this is. And you, you see everybody delving back into the history of Formula One now, you know, because they're going back and getting people like Jim Clark and Ayrton Senna and, and those kind of drivers. And those are those are getting big prices for good examples of those cars that are graded so there you go that's uh that's the king's court of this week and it's very impressive just amazing mm -hmm. some um, of the price on that so welcome bella to the show for those of you on video hey bella nascar radio mascot yep. sorry nascar radio mascot yes <laughs> so do you think granted it's a psa 10 and it's a pop one that that's obvious that that's you know going to add to the value but do you think you said it was a sticker correct yes so how rare do you think those really are because one it's you know still adhered to the back but just that it's a 10 do you think we'll ever see another one as a 10 they're going to be tough because dr beckett had an episode of his uh sports card insights um, and he had a fellow, and I don't, re I cannot recall his name, but he, anyway, he's, he's from Europe. He collects Panini stickers and I think he mostly connects collected soccer. But anyway, he made the point that back then you could, you could, uh, buy those stickers from direct from Panini, or you can buy them in the little packs and whatever. And the way that they did it back then was, that the kids they collected till they got a whole set. So if they had extras, that's what they traded, of course. And if they didn't trade them, you know, they would take those stickers, a, put them in the in the sticker book, and b, if they had extras, they'd stick them on like their books, the lockers at school, whatever. 
So a lot of those stickers got used up. So they're hard to find. Well, and even in the 80s when the baseball ones were out, the goal was to fill up the binder, the, not the binder, but the book. But by the time you filled it up, those books, because I had a few that were complete, those books were not gently used. You know, by the time you're flipping back and forth and, you know, it's kind of getting that easy fold and bend and worn corners and stuff like that. So that alone that it's unstuck, I guess you could say, that alone to me is pretty fantastic. I, th I think that's why the stickers, you know, we talked about before, they are made to be consumed. And, you know, when I talked about the tops F1 Chrome, how many come out of a pack and get put into a penny sleeve and a top loader. And then, you know, think about it like this is in the 60s. You know, the only way to find something would be, you know, unopened packs or something like that. Um, if, if it was opened, the probability of it rattling around, you know, to get a 10 is almost impossible. So, uh, and we were talking about all the ones that get applied to, to sticker books. Cause if you go and look at uh, some different eBay sites over in Europe or whatever, they've got the books and, you know, they're all, they're complete and, you know, they, they sell them that way, but, you know, to find them unstuck is incredible. And then the PSA 10, the boot. Yeah. It's, there's probably another one out there, but I wouldn't say there's more than a handful left that are that could be t PSA tens. So. Yeah, that, that that early stuff. Um, there's a lot a lot of potential there, but you know, again, it's you know twelve thousand. You know, what would you rather have? Uh, of course, it's not the same price. You know, the Andre the Giant or you know the the '60s PSA ten sticker of a F1 legend, whatever. So. I know you can't really compare the two together, but you know, there's the scarcity, I guess is what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, out of 10 artificial scarcity and then the real scarcity. Exactly. Good point. But th those are incredible. Yeah. One more thing about this week's eBay auctions. There were no skid marks cards sold this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sure plenty tie freaking Gibbs though. <laughs> after oh his yeah. Week. Top freaking Gibbs all over the place. Yeah, 2020 Chronicles. So, um, I guess we'll wrap up the show. Thanks to our sponsor, Panini America. And also, please like, subscribe to the podcast and YouTube channel. And uh, hello to our new subscriber, Kevin Jeffrey. Uh, if you'll subscribe to the YouTube channel, we'll give you a shout out as well. Uh, don't forget to check the archives of NASCAR Radio for all the different sets that we've talked about previously, like the 1972 STP, episode number 29, 82 Kidco, episode number 50, 83 Uno, episode number 31. Also on the 31 is the 1985 Sports Star Photographics, 86 Sports Star Photographics in episode 33, uh, 88 Max, episode number 38 and 39. Uh, 1988 Dale Earnhardt promo episode number 42 1989 max which we've talked about a few of um, rookie cards for some of the NASCAR Hall of Fame nominees episode number 48 so that's a little bit there of some of the there you goes at uh, Brewer Tim Brewer oh you're on mute so can't hear you yep I was on mute Tim Brewer there you go all right <laughs> so, how technology works yep <laughs>
<laughs> so, anyway, uh, thanks everybody uh, for listening, and uh, please like, share the podcast, share NASCAR trading cards with your friends, and then we will um, be back next week to recap all of the great racing we're going to have here for the next few days for all the different series. So we will catch you later.